you can't be immersed wrong in the right church. Nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church. Be sure to question your faith and see if it comes from heaven or from men. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, Paul would tell his brethren in Corinth. I shared this on social media and uh, received some opposition to it, some challenges, some questions to it, and that is perfectly fine. I had a forecast in which, of course, predicted that very element. It's nothing miraculous. Uh, anyone who's been on social media or out there publicly uh, speaking things of the Bible for a uh, given amount of time, months and years, will come to know that you will have opposition at times, of course, from the world, those who are outside the fold, and at times, most certainly, from those among us, those who claim Christianity. And each one of us, independently accountable, has to stand or fall before God on the coming day. And so we all have to have independent faith in the things I am going to be sharing with you in this video session. They are not products of commentaries or scholarly brethren or uh, any influence other than my own. Locked in my room for months and months and months, transitioning from a heathen way of life to following a man named Jesus, in which I had to investigate. It was not given to me on a silver platter. I do not take this for granted. I had to investigate the scriptures for my own self and find the information therein regarding, regarding the information I just shared. You can't be baptized wrong in the right church, nor can you be baptized right in the wrong church. Be sure to question your faith and see if it comes from heaven or men. It is not my source of authority to go to denominational literature or secular history, though at times it certainly does give insight from the perspective of those who are lost, unbelievers, outside the fold. But it is not my source of authority. I go to the Bible and the Bible only because I investigated to make sure the Bible is a trustworthy tool of inspiration, God-breathed, that could give me the answers if I asked, sought, and knocked. And it is my own personal conviction that it most certainly answered my questions. And I have a conscience to these answers given from the scriptures, and I will not breach my conscience or deviate from them or contaminate myself with things I've, I've already studied. I've already put the peg in the rock. I'm moving up the mountain. Um, I'm not seeking to fall down again to a location where I have already studied 
okay? That doesn't make me perfect or a know-it-all. It just means I've, in my own personal journey, in my studies, to arrive at the truth that sets men free from the bondage of error, I've come to terms with what God has revealed in the scriptures regarding baptism and his church. You want to disagree with me on these studies? That's okay. I still love you. But I will not deviate. I will not contaminate myself. And I will not drift off from what the Bible so clearly reveals. I am not a walking Bible. I am not a judge. I am commanded to judge righteously, though I am not the one who holds power to send you to heaven or hell. The scriptures most certainly do. And so when I post something, when I share something on social media, such as you can't be immersed wrong in the right church, nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church, it's a studied It's a studied um, conviction of mine from what I looked at in the Bible on my own. Nobody telling me anything otherwise than my own self. Now, did I consult various branches of religious theology? Absolutely, because I want to know what's out there, and what some of our own brethren are saying. But I did my own studies. I can defend my faith. I won't cast any pearls before swine. I won't start banging my head against a wall. I've learned those things throughout my trials and error in the decade. Individuals whose motive is not to learn, not to be humble, but rather to simply cause factions, cause division, cause problems, deceive. I can discern the difference from those and those who are genuine, who are transparent and honest, who truly seek the answers. See, we had to become that humble, poor in spirit individual in order to have the blessing of the word speaking the truth into our mind, our hearts, regarding the answers to these things. You can't be immersed wrong in the right church, nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church. Be sure to question your faith and see if it comes from heaven or men. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. In my... In my humble investigation of the scriptures, reasoning with the text, a, a no one from a nowhere land called Skidook, New Brunswick, Canada. I don't even know if you can find that on the map. The son of a factory worker in a community where the highest sense of linguistic talent was curses and uh, foul language. 
I'm not anything special here. Really. I just beg God that I get to sweep the floors one day in heaven. Or at least open the door. At least be the last one in. I don't know. In my studies, from what I've been able to understand from the intellectual capability that has been allowed me while walking on this earth, created in his image, just as you, I've opened the text of the Bible, the 66 books of the Holy Bible, to which first and foremost, of course, I wanted to know if the Bible was a reliable source of, of information for religious authority. And this is not the purpose of this session here in this video, but I went through that process. Because why even bother quoting the scriptures as... God's word, if it is perverted or contaminated or just not inspired. Okay, well, my investigation of the scriptures revealed that it most certainly is God-breathed. And it holds all the information necessary for us to make it to heaven with our Lord and Master. To know the things he has revealed for us to know. Okay, and in this landscape of inspired language, I, a novice, remotely tucked away in a location among the heathen, idolaters, from the information that my father, in his immaturity, having been converted away from idolatry to the truth of the scriptures, taking in all the information I could. Right, wrong, or indifferent, trial and error, I began my search in the scriptures about the church. And what is the church? And what is the kingdom? Are they one and the same? What is the body? What does it mean to be in Christ? Why does he call the church his bride? What is this kingdom the Bible speaks of from beginning to end? And why does it speak of a kingdom if it has no king? Where is the king? Who is the king? I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to myself in the mirror. <clears throat> Revisiting a decade-long study. And who I was and where I was going in life. And what the Bible reveals. The word of God. And in my journey and my studies, which are nothing unique, men like me throughout history have done the same thing, going back to the first century, regarding the new covenant we are now to be found under, the age of the Messiah, the messianic dispensation of time in which we are called to be good stewards of, to seek, okay? I'm not going to quote to you secular historians, denominational sources. Again, there can be value in your studies looking at these branches of academic pursuit. But my concern is solely in what is revealed in the scriptures, because that is the measurement. That is the measuring tool in which we must test the spirits. 
So in my journey to know the truth, I, of course, had to look from the very beginning all the way to the end on what was being spoken of regarding the church. Because again, to what I quoted when I began this video and what I posted on social media, you, can't, you cannot be immersed wrong in the right church, nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church. We are wise to question our faith to see if it comes from heaven or men. That question was given to religious leaders in the first century, was it not? The baptism of John, where does it come from? When you post truth, when you challenge individuals with reality of inspired principle or theme or command, you're going to have two kinds of individual who come from the same community asking the same question. Are there any police officers here? One of them is asking because he needs or she needs public assistance. It is an honest question. The other is asking because they are seeking to practice criminal activity and they are seeking to avoid the law. So they are asking the same question, but not for the same motive, not for the same purpose. And there are some among us who ask questions not because they are seeking the answer, but rather because they are seeking to remain defiant and rebellious and lawless before God. The same would have, would have said to Jesus on that day, or who will say, didn't we call on your name? Didn't we do the things we wanted to do in your name? Okay, so in my journey, in my study, I looked at this kingdom and I found out that this kingdom, this church, was predestined by God. I found that spoken in many places in the Bible, one in particular, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3, 4, and 5, that it was predestined, pre-planned, more accurately said, pre-planned, in the mind of God, Prior to even forming Adam and Eve, the kingdom existed in his mind, the church. I also found that this kingdom was prophesied by prophets, that the kingdom of God would come during the Roman Empire in Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, that it would come with great power from the Holy Spirit according to Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. And it would do so in Jerusalem, according to Micah, chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. And that this kingdom, birthed from the mind of God, prophesied by the prophets, was indeed promised by the, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, in Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18. And revealed in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, was the fact in which this church, this kingdom, was purchased by blood. Whose blood? The blood of Jesus Christ. And that we, you and I, this kingdom must be practiced by faith. For non-believers, of course, pointing to Acts chapter 2. And for we Christians, immersed into Christ, into his body, 
James chapter 2. Okay? I had to write this information of my own studies in mind within what was found in the scriptures. It was not given. I had to look for it. And I found within the literature, inspired language, recorded, witnessed and recorded accounts from the Acts of the Apostles, that in chapter 1, verse 3, this kingdom, the church, they were speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And in chapter 8, verse 12, they were preaching the good news about the kingdom of God. And that in Acts chapter 19, verse 8, they were reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. And that in Acts chapter 20, verse 25, they were preaching the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 28, verse 23, they were testifying about the kingdom of God. And in chapter 28, verse 31, they were preaching the kingdom of God. From Acts chapter 1 all the way through Acts chapter 28, speaking, preaching, reasoning, persuading, testifying about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God and who is now crowned king of this kingdom? Well, in Matthew chapter 16, once again, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said that he would build his church, his kingdom. And so I had a moment in which I recognized what the scriptures were saying. That Christ was the king of the kingdom, that he had been crowned king upon death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension, the fulfillment of the prophets, the completion of the gospel model, which would bring redemption to all mankind. A ransom was paid, a debt paid for you and I, all mankind to have the opportunity to salvation. You understand that? You understand? I had to do these studies. The church existed in the mind of God. The church was spoken of in prophecy. The church was promised and the church was built. The church had unique terms of entrance and the church still lives today and will forever. His church, Colossians 1.18, Ephesians 1.22, 5.23, existed in the mind of God, Ephesians 1.3-6. The church spoken of in prophecy, again, Isaiah, Joel, Daniel, various prophets. The church promised, Matthew 3.2, 16.18, Mark 9.1, Luke 24, verse 46 through 49. I had to write these things. I didn't go and take this somewheres. I had to study this. I, I had to do my own legwork. And the church was built. And you can see that all come together in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1 and chapter 2 and following. And it's unique terms of entrance, of course, spoken throughout the Gospels and in the book of Acts. John 3, 5, Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 37 through 47, chapter 4, verse 12, chapter 8, verse 36 to 39, and various other recorded accounts. And the church most certainly lives today and will forever. Again, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, Luke 1, 33, Hebrews 12, 28. Why so much intricate ingenuity elaborate 
description of this spiritual house in which, of course, the words recorded in the Gospel of John would reveal Christ speaking that this kingdom was not made by the hands of men. Great description. The church, the kingdom, the body, the assembly, the congregation, the called out ones, the bride. And we see within the element and nature of God through the pattern of the Holy Spirit's pen in the scriptures that this bride, this body, is greatly revealed. It has identifiers one can recognize, one can discern. Why go through all this trouble? Why would Jesus bleed, shed his blood, give his life willfully for his bride? And somehow, somehow, from that time of the first century to now, the church is really not that important. as long as you are immersed. I don't see a difference or a separation or a segregation, a chasm between being immersed for the forgiveness of your sins and the church in which Jesus adds us to. Do, are we added by God or do we now join a church? I'm asking myself these questions. Any honest, humble-seeking individual would do the same if we are seeking to please God and not men. Don't look at me. Don't hate on me. You go look in the mirror like I had to do. I'm not better than you, and you're not better than me. We're all created in the image of the great I am. Ask yourself these same reasoning questions I had to, Well, if the only thing one need know is go down into the water and you'll be forgiven of sins and on the way to heaven, and you get to know about church afterwards and which church is right and all that kind of stuff, is that wise? Is that what we truly see in the scriptures? All this effort birthed from the mind of God through the prophets of old, the promise of the Christ, the death on the cross? Bled for? His bride? Eh. Information we don't need to know? As long as we go down in the water, Jesus will save us? Is that really it? I don't see the separation. I don't see, as long as you believe in Jesus, go down in the water, you'll have your sins washed away, and then you can learn about the church and which one's right and which one's wrong. Must we know every single intricate detail humanly possible before being saved by Jesus Christ? Well, of course not, and I'm not making that argument, and anyone who tries to say I am is not being honest here, is not being sincere with what's going on. I want you to reason with me. I, uh... Paul said, to the Corinthians, for by one spirit are we all baptized into, in, into, one body. Well, which body is that? Well, it's the bride of Christ. It's the body. It's the assembly, the congregation, the church, the called out ones. It has a description. Let me ask you something. 
Isn't it wise to get to know the individual you're going to marry before you make the covenant commitment and say, I do? Do you need to know every single detail about the individual you're going to marry prior to marriage, prior to your commitment in saying, I do, and signing the covenant? Where two become one, male, female, husband, wife? Well, no. Of course not. But you want to make sure you marry an individual who is transparent, who is honest, who is sincere, who is genuine. You don't want to marry a fraud. You don't want to marry someone who does not have the same God first, seek ye first um, um, faith, right? Don't you want to know how one enters into the body of Christ, the church that belongs to Christ, the, the kingdom? Do you not want to know how one becomes a legal citizen of his kingdom? Do you think that's an accident that just happens? Do you think that's just some kind of sensational myth or some kind of, whoops, I fell into the church, but that's okay. I was saved at baptism anyways, so. Really? Why would John, commonly known as the Baptist, say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Why would the first recorded words of our Lord and Master in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, in his ministry, be repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, according to his gospel? Why, why speak of this kingdom everywhere? I mean, in Matthew chapter, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Matthew, in Matthew chapter 4, Turning the pages of my Bible here, because I want to quote it. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus was going throughout the all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Why would he do that? If it's not truly important all that much, anyways. Because you can be saved in the right baptism, just in the wrong church. And certain questions I came to mind with looking into this information. I had to look at how important this kingdom is. It is most important. Jesus died and bled. So that you and I could have legal citizenry. And of course, the keys, the conditions in which one must qualify that was given to the apostles through the miraculous endowment that was promised to them in the Gospel of John, chapter uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, recorded in Acts chapter 1 and 2. Of course, they stood up among the individuals of the crowd there and spoke the truth, the death, burial, resurrection, and witness of Jesus Christ. And they gave the conditions, the keys. They had to repent and each of them individually be immersed. Calling on his name, of course, therein is the power. Jesus, immersed, fully buried, submerged, plunged, baptizo, buried, clothed into Christ. That's the location. It, it, that's why the text in Acts chapter 2 speaks of those who gladly received the word were added. By whom? By God. Shouldn't we know what kingdom we are seeking to be a part of? If you are seeking legal citizenry in America or in Canada, is it not wise to know 
a little bit about the country you're going into. You're not going to find yourself in America claiming, I don't know, Russia. They'd be like, hey, buddy, you're not in Russia. All that paperwork you went through, all those immigration processes, they were to bring you to America, not Russia. You're not in Russia. Oh, oh, oh I didn't know. It was an accident. I'm glad I, I'm glad I went through the right immigration process and signed that covenant and did what I needed to do there, obey the law there. I just didn't know it was for America. Well, of course you. How does that? How does that would not work, would it? You go through the immigration process for America, but somehow end up in Russia. I'm speaking my thoughts. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you found other things. My conviction remains in what I've investigated and what I've studied in the Bible. I wanted to understand the Bible. I wanted to learn the Bible. I wanted to know who Jesus was, and I could not do so void of his kingdom, his church, his body. And before being immersed for the forgiveness of my sins, I needed to know into what I was being immersed into. What legal citizen am I to be, if not the body of Christ? Is there any single one example of a Jew or a Gentile in the pages of inspired examples, inspired accounts, recorded, doctrine, command? Is there anything in there that shows us that one was immersed for the right reasons in the wrong church? The church that belongs to our Lord can be identified like a bride, like your bride. You would identify your bride. Let me ask you something. This whole Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, is he a she or is she a he? Well, he portrays himself now as a she, and then he opens his mouth and speaks, and you can hear the masculinity in his voice. Can the Lord's church still remain the Lord's church if it's pretending to be something that is not the Lord's church, not the bride? If their worship is strange fire and it is not according to the Lord's word, I was asking myself these questions. Can it now be identified as the Lord's church or has it now become a denomination? I'm not saying that there can't be found a very remote case in some kind of strange gray area that is typically utilized to justify error But I am speaking to you of my studies. In Acts chapter 18, or chapter 19, I should say. No, chapter 18, yeah. Acts chapter 18. Why did Apollos need to be brought aside and explain to him the way of God more accurately? Why did that take place? Apollos was a learned man. He knew the word of God. 
Well, he had to be approached because he was acquainted only with the baptism of John. But wouldn't the baptism of John be effective? Wasn't it the right baptism? You see, the baptism of John would not enter one into Christ, the church belonging to our Lord and Master. See, John, none greater among men, born among men, none greater. But John was not going to be immersed into Christ, into the church that belongs to Jesus, the kingdom, made a citizen. Does that mean he's not in paradise and then he won't be in heaven? Well, of course not. I may share studies on that I've made on that for, in a further session. But And what about Acts chapter 19? Why did the disciples need to be baptized again? Again, they were only acquainted with the baptism of John, but if it's the right baptism, does it matter? I mean, it was for the forgiveness of sins after all. These are questions I had to ask myself. And what of 1 Corinthians? What of 1 Corinthians? Let me go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, right? I think is where that's at. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 and following. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions. <clears throat> you see, with my, with my post on social media stating, you can't be immersed wrong in the right church, nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church. We should have no division over that. We should be like-minded in the church. Why? Because it comes from the Bible. It comes from God's Word. But that you be made complete in the name or in the same mind and in the same judgment, Paul would say. And in verse 11, For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's house, Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you, he says. And in verse 12, now I mean this, that each of you is saying, I am of Paul, I'm of Paulus, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. Then he asked the question in verse 13, of course, uh, rhetorical, has Christ been divided? Is Christ and his church divided? Is your entrance, well, <laughs> Can you receive the forgiveness of sins void of entrance into his body? Or are you to enter into something that is not his body? Is he divided? Then he says, Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And then he says in verse 14, pay attention. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. The importance of baptism the necessity of baptism is clearly revealed in Paul's pen. So much so, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you. Well, wait a minute. Are they members of the church? Aren't they members of the church? How can that be if they were not baptized right? or with the proper understanding of their immersion. Questions I had to ask myself in the mirror. Questions I had to ask myself in the mirror. You can't be 
immersed wrong in the right church. Nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church. I don't know. I can't find anything else. And why would I? If Jesus, Jesus, if God reveals such detail of his bride, such detail of his kingdom, and how one enters into this kingdom, and how it is proclaimed prior to one's obedience, then it is something we need to know. When we, as repentant believers, confessing Christ as our Lord and Master, submissive to His works, Colossians 2, 11 and 12, His works, when we qualify to the conditions, the keys proclaimed, we are immersed, submerged, buried, dipped, clothed, for the forgiveness of our sins, added to His church. To say that His church is not woven within the entrance and the forgiveness of sins and the adding is to cause a segregation that I just simply do not see in the Scriptures. I just don't see it there. I don't see it. Everyone who obeyed the gospel in the first century, through the recorded accounts, who genuinely did so, were part of the kingdom, were part of the church. They were not part of a denomination. <clears throat> they didn't come up out of that water saying, well, now I need to go find a church that, <clears throat> find the church that, you know, kind of looks close to what Jesus looks like, I suppose. Are we now to think that one is immersed properly in the wrong church? And Again, these are things that I've questioned myself. Right? I'm not putting, I'm not, I'm not putting a hard line in the sand. I'm sharing with you my studies and my conviction, and I cannot breach my conscience. I do not wish to meet God on any other term than what I've been able to study in His Word. I've got nothing to lose to say I'm wrong if I'm wrong. Really. <laughs> I don't. I don't have preacheritis. I don't have a favorite preacher in whom I must be loyal to, who told me this stuff, so I need to be right with him. Not at all. I don't know what else to tell you. Look at the information once again. Take a breath and look back at the information and how it is revealed. Why go through all this trouble to write a book about the kingdom, the church, when really it's not necessary for one to know? As long as you go down in the water and believe that Jesus is going to save you, whichever church you go to after is fine. What about a 
church that calls itself the Church of Christ that worships in a way that is not according to God's authority. Well, what if your bride begins to have or begins to fornicate with other men? Is she faithful to you? Is a bed not defiled? There are many questions. And some of the arguments against this, I, I must say, and I say this with love and respect, is quite scripturally illiterate. It's, it's, it's very misguided. It puts more hope and trust in the literature of unbelievers and uh, secular historians than it does in the plainly taught, context-respected Word of God, rightly handled. When I sit down and study with someone, they don't need to know every single intricate detail. They're going to have a path of learning as they are born again, infants learning to walk and become strong in Christ. Absolutely. But my dear friends, there must be repentance. There must be a teaching taking place. I mean, what do you think... Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 28 regarding the commission that was given uh, and recorded. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Well, how do you make disciples? Is it just an accident? How can one be a disciple, a follower of something he or she does not know? Again, look at all the examples of conversion and the things taking place in the book of Acts. When I sit down and study with someone, I am teaching them according to their lifestyle and their life and their understanding. I meet them where they are at. I become all things to all men. So Paul would instruct his brethren as best as I can. Um, again, uh, I know I'm a mess. Uh, uh, I'm not the best one qualified for the job at all. But I do my best to teach them about who Jesus is. And you can't do that without teaching them who what is who is church is, what is church is about. What and that when you are immersed for the forgiveness of your sins, you are immersed into his church in no other location. It cannot be. It cannot be. Or the Bible is filled with contradictions, and we best just throw it in the garbage and go on again living as the Egyptians. the kingdom of God, the church of Christ, recorded in the scriptures, that is what you are immersed in. You must be immersed the right way, fully plunged, dipped, submerged, fully buried in water, calling on his name. That is the proper mode and element. It is a necessity. Without that, you won't make it. 
as much as you may feel this or feel that, as much as your pastor, priest, reverend, mom, dad, neighbor, coworker, it doesn't matter. If you don't do it the way God says, if you, we're not going to make it. And you cannot be immersed for the forgiveness of your sins if you don't believe. You must have faith. Without faith, we cannot be pleasing to God. Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. You must have faith that Jesus will save your soul in the watery grave of baptism. But what is that portal? What is that representing? What is that true life obedience of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, Romans 6, 3-4. Three three what, what are we doing? Where is that leading us? Where are we going? Well, we're, we're being added to the body of Christ. We're being added as legal citizens of his kingdom. We've, we've properly gone through the right immigration process and laws. It's not of our own accord. It's through his grace. We cannot earn or merit our salvation, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So we submit ourselves. It's not the water. It's not the individual helping us being dunked. It's Jesus. We are entering into his spiritual house and none other. And this must be taught to individuals. It's not too much to ask. It's not, it's not a, a, a great um, uh, 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 feat that needs to be understood. It's quite simple. It's quite simple. You are immersed, fully submerged as a repentant believer. And that into the church that belongs to Christ and no other. A church that is not worshiping God according to his word as no longer is no longer seen as belonging to Christ. Again, I am well aware that there are certain categories and cases of discussion that one might find even regarding controversial topics as marriage, divorce, and remarriage. There are certainly blanket statements that are made from the scriptures, but there's a lot of things that we, mankind, have made a mess of that we kind of have to hash out, open up, look into a bit deeper, case per case, with compassion, with love, with a fair and seasoned mind. Has the church grown stronger, teaching and promoting, encouraging baptism void of the church? Or just telling people, if you go in the water, Jesus will save you, and that's enough? That'll suffice? Has that helped? Has that further brought progress to the, to the kingdom? It's easy to grow a church filled with individuals who think they're saved. Well, really aren't. It's, it's easy to fill the church uh, with delinquents and embolden their weaknesses and, and their, uh, their character flaws and say, hey, look at the growth. Look at the church growing. It's easy to do that. But is it real? Is it reality? Is it true? Does God's word recognize that as genuine? You can't be immersed wrong in the right church, nor can you be immersed right in the wrong church. Be sure to question your faith and see if it comes from heaven or men. For by one spirit, the word of God, are we all baptized, immersed, submerged, plunged, dipped, baptizo, into, in a location. And what is that location? 
one body. What is the body? The church. What is the church? The kingdom in which Christ is now crowned. No other. No other. I cannot meet God without having taught you this truth, this reality, prior to your obedience. Can't do it. Can't do it. If you are comfortable to stand or fall before God, teaching, opposing, challenging this, then by all means do so. By all means do so. I'm not going to stand beside you in front of Christ and say, he was wrong and I was right, or he was wrong and I, he was right and I was wrong. This is not about who's right and wrong. This is about what God says and what God wants of us. And I want to, to the best of my ability, which is, again, way off, way off there. I'm more in the Peter category. Jesus would probably tell me many times, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I tend to put my foot in my mouth more so than I should. A bit rough around the edges, unorthodox. But I'm being very genuine with you. I'm being transparent with you. I can't meet God in any other way. From what I've been able to study, what I've been able to see in the Bible, and of course, what I teach and preach and what I pray my brethren will understand as well, being like-minded in judgment, that when we teach people, when we make disciples, they're being taught how you enter, what's the purpose of baptism, and how, where, what does it do, and where are you going when you go down in that water? When you come out, where are you? Who are you? <clears throat> I don't know. This is probably scattered, and it may not make any sense to you. Pray for me. Keep looking. Keep searching. Keep searching. I stand by what I posted, and I appreciate all the comments, even those who challenge, even those who oppose. I do not agree with you. I, I just don't. If you are comfortable meeting God with what you have as an argument, then do so. Then do so. I will with mine. Good stuff. I love you guys. Stay focused. Stay positive. And uh, Lord willing, we'll meet again, right, for the next session. Peace out.